Blog Talk Radio. Back at it again. It's another edition of the NUC NFL Draft Bible Podcast Series, where we break down the 2016 NFL Draft and beyond. Leading you up just 322 days away from the 2016 NFL Draft here on this Friday, June the 12th, 2015. I am your host, Rick Saratel. I want to tell you a quick reminder about MyFantasyLeague.com official sponsor of the podcast check out myfantasyleague.com they just extended their early bird deadline registration so get on there check that out and of course the unofficial sponsor peroni who's been around for over 600 years and counting but to break down all the podcasts and you know preview the 2016 nfl draft and beyond is none other than our super scout guru, Joe Everett in the building, everybody. How are we doing today, Joseph? Surprisingly well. I mean, searching through these tight ends, it, it, it didn't seem like a great group. But now, fine-tooth comb, this could be a, a pretty solid uh, crop of tight ends. He has seen the light. He has seen the lights. And I got to tell you, you know, looking through these tight ends, Joe, and we'll talk a little bit about fullbacks, too, here at the end of the show. Uh, it, it is a thin class, very thin, it's, especially when you're talking about senior prospects. And uh, why don't we start off right there? Why don't we talk about senior prospects first? Because otherwise, I'm not sure they're going to get a lot of love in this podcast. And since it is a 2016 preview show, let's begin with some of the seniors. And I know looking at the NFL Draft Bible Big Board, which ranks players regardless of draft class, uh, draft eligible or not. But we get to number seven until we see our first senior, Farrow Brown from Oregon. And, you know, I think the injury plays into that a little bit. But uh, what do you see here in the senior tight end uh, prospect class, Joe? Uh, well, like you said, it's um, pretty thin for the for the group of upperclassmen. Um and as far as Farrell Brown goes, I mean, the guy almost had that leg amputated. It was such a gnarly injury, and the scariest part is he did it to himself. This is not off of contact. He just took a misstep and ended up in a Provo or what is it, Salt Lake's uh, hospital for, I mean, weeks. So it's um, the, the medical red flag on him is going to be great no matter what happens this season, even if all goes well. So that's, that's always going to be in the back of uh, – his group. Um, I mean, the other senior I like, Jay Rome, the Georgia tight end. Uh, he's got some potential, but the one I like is the Ohio State, Nick Vanette. Um, the Broncos this year, they yeah. draft a Hireman out of OSU, and I think Nick Vanette's a better blocker than Hireman and more versatile. Uh, very good ball skills. That's the guy that's, I think, um, you know, coming out of the scene, a lot of could happen during the season, but he compares pretty favorably. Um, to Aaron Hernandez, the football player, not the person. Uh, let's just remember, he did used to play a little college football, Hernandez, and comes out of the same program under Urban Meyer. So I think that Vinette's going to make some hay. Um, and, yeah, sure, we could imagine the Buckeyes having another strong year, and uh, he's definitely going to be a big part of that. Yeah, you know, that's the one guy that stood out to me, and I thought maybe he was more of an under-the-radar guy, but maybe not. I think here's a guy that's going to rise up draft boards and, like you said, maybe stuck behind 
you know, Ohio State Buckeyes, plenty of talent, plenty of depth, waited patiently for his opportunity. I think he's going to make the most of it. And a tall target, Joe, six foot six, two sixty. The kid's pretty nimble. I love how he runs that seam route. And, you know, if you watch the Ohio State spring game, you can see that the offense is definitely going to involve a bigger role for Nick Vanette. So uh, definitely keep an eye on him. Uh, Jay Rome from Georgia, you know, you talk about potential. I feel like we've been waiting around like three years for him to kind of hit that potential. And I know he was heavily recruited out at, at of high school. It's, you know, one of those five-star recruits expected to come in and make an impact and just really never uh, peaked or, or reached his potential. And, you know, there's another good senior tight end over in Vanderbilt, Stephen Shue, when you talk about offensive production. And then Penn State, you know, has had a little bit of a reputation, Joe, for putting out NFL quality tight ends. And Kyle Carter, maybe not the most productive offensive uh, tight end, but can definitely hold his own in terms of route running and, and, and catching the ball. And is definitely a good blocker. Almost a poor man's Kyle Brady, and, you know, before he Jets fans out there begin to laugh, you know, after he left the Jets organization, Kyle Brady went on to play 13 seasons in the National Football League. So, uh, you know, Kyle Carter, another guy, I think, on the senior radar that maybe doesn't have that offensive production, Joe, but somebody I believe uh, is on the radar and, and should get drafted probably in the mid to later rounds. And, you know, maybe he's a backup at the next level, but like I said, or like you said, when you try to come through these senior prospects, um, not not a whole lot of doing going on. Uh, no, the, the the guy you brought up, I like is Stephen Shu. That's that's a guy who can play two ways, and he's going to be on the pro radar. So, I, yes, you've got to dig deep in the senior class because if if this is a good group of tight ends, predominantly it's going to be on those underclassmen, but. Choose a guy, uh, I don't know if he had any consideration last year coming out, but definitely is on the map. I think uh, he's a really strong blocker, so that's going to play into his favor, at least that you know, a lot of these tight ends now in the systems we're having a college football, they just are not asked to do it ever. So finding that traditional combo guy is becoming more and more increasingly difficult. So that's where Shu is going to have a slight advantage over some of these other prospects. Yeah, very good points. And uh, talking NFL draft prospects right now on the 2016 tight end class. And uh, before we transition shift gears into the underclassmen, Joe, let's just get our uh, remainder senior prospects to keep an eye on. Uh, people that are at home listening right now should be aware of. I know there's a small school talent down in Arkansas State, Darren Griswold, getting a couple of uh, NFL looks as well as uh, – um, a guy down in Florida, Jake McGee, who who transferred from Virginia. And a uh, little bit of an older prospect, but a guy definitely with some uh, pass catchability and, and some size there. Uh, at six, Another six foot six, two forty five 245 tight end. And, uh, you know, I, I guess we have to, after that bowl game last year and, and Art Bryles' um, plan – to include Laquan McGowan into the Baylor Bears uh, offense a little bit more. I mean, when you're a six foot six, four hundred and ten pound pass catcher 
uh, I think we have to include you somewhere <laughs> on the prospect list. And maybe the most fun, intriguing, and, and interesting prospect in all of college football, Joe. Yeah, when you see that big man rumble, uh, who else is going to tackle him? You, we always talk about these <laughs> other players forcing business decisions for defenders. Well, right. 410 coming at you fast and furious is uh, not the way I want to start an NFL game. So, I mean, the guy's a football player. Clearly, it's you know, where they want to use him, but we know we haven't seen the last of that. He, he's going to get the ball again. <laughs> Um, clearly, he's got the skills to do it. I mean, a very interesting player, and that was uh, that. And other than the um, oh, whatever the guy's name for Arkansas who threw that touchdown passes, we're starting to see some bigs out there get involved on offense, and I like it. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think he's the modern day fridge, and even if he's a situational role type of player, you know, veteran team, a team like the Patriots who stockpile draft picks, uh, they'll have one taken away from them next year. But, you know, some of these teams like the Seahawks always stockpile and pick the Eagles have uh, some extra picks next year, I'm sure, you know, and the extra point moving back, the two-point conversion becoming a little bit more valuable. You've seen Chip Kelly sign a guy like Tim Tebow, maybe for his two-point uh, conversion packages. Uh, McGowan from Baylor, 410-pound, would, would be an intriguing option to bring in for the two-point conversion, maybe even line them up in the backfield a little bit. One last senior, Joe, and then we'll get into the underclassmen. You know, the previous podcasts, we did talk about Western Kentucky's high-powered offense and those Stevers and red zone targets that they have. Tyler Higby, another guy, speaking of tall trees, Higby from Western Kentucky, six foot five, uh, another one of these guys that uh, could get some consideration in the NFL. So uh, I think that about wraps up the senior draft class. Uh, Braxton Deaver from Duke, and another guy we haven't yet uh, mentioned, and, and Jarrell Adams uh, playing behind Rory Anderson last year. Jarrell Adams from South Carolina, one of these uh, senior guys expected to kind of step up, and, you know, this is going to be his season, uh, so to speak. So any other seniors, Joe, before we get to the – Probably more valuable underclassmen. Uh, just a small school guy I was uh, studying up on. I really think he's poised for a big year as Bryce Williams at East Carolina. Uh, he's transferred from Marshall, big-bodied receiver, surprisingly athletic, and new offense at East Carolina. I believe Lincoln Riley moving on. So could be a good thing for the senior tight end. He'll obviously be relied on much more. Justin Hardy's gone. Cam Worthy's gone. So – uh, it, Bryce Williams should be an important part Carolina East Carolina Panthers offense. So I'm uh, pretty excited to see if he could uh, redshirt senior should be able to turn this into a big season. Yeah, another one of these uh, tall tight ends. We are starting to see some uh, beasts of men coming out at the tight end position. He's Joe Everett. I'm Rick Saratella. We're breaking it down for you here on the NUC NFL Draft Bible Podcast, and you know. with our whole new move over to NUCSports.com. And I got to tell you, it's it's really uh exciting time here for us personally. Um, you know, basically what's happening is NFL Draft Bible has partnered with NUC Sports, and our content will now be under 
that umbrella, you you know, you'll be redirected to our new landing page, which should be unveiled soon. And we're gonna have so much great NFL draft and NFL content and podcasts and videos and you know, we're gonna be rolling out uh, uh team insider sites and uh definitely a lot of good stuff going on at NUCsports.com. If you have any questions, if you want to inquire about sponsorships, maybe get on board as a part of our team. We are looking for a few new candidates uh, for Team Insiders. A couple uh, spots still opening. So if you want to get on board with the team, email me, ric at nfldraftbible.com, ric at nfldraftbible.com. And, of course, we always want to take questions from the people. So if you want to call into the show, uh, our call-in number here is 347-945-6275. If you have a question, it doesn't have to be tight end or fullback related. It could be any draft question. It's 347-945-6275. And, of course, the best way to follow our podcast here is, you know, go to uh, Twitter, at NFL Draft Bible. All of our new content and podcasts are always updated there with the latest links. And, of course, you can follow Joe at Joe W. Everett. I'm at Rick Saratella, uh, at NUC Football. We're all over the place, people. So get on board. If you don't know about it, if you're new to the show, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll be breaking down the positional previews over the summer. Uh, next week, we'll break down some offensive line prospects. We have already done the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and now tight ends. We'll also discuss the fullbacks towards the later portion of the show. But now it's time to talk about the underclassmen. We talked about the 2016 senior class. Now let's talk about beyond and look into the future, Joe. Tell me, our top senior prospect was ranked number seven. Who are some of the guys you have here ranked ahead of the seniors, some of these talented underclassmen? Well, I think it hinges on two guys that will be the top tier. Uh, one is Bucky Hodges from Virginia Tech. He's a redshirt sophomore, so technically eligible. It's just based on the decision. And then the other guy's got to be O.J. Howard. Uh, these two would drastically improve the tight end stock if they were to uh, decide. But uh, uh, just looking at Hodges, this guy is uh, a front runner for the Mackey Award winner. He's a focal point of Tech's passing game. He's just got that long frame, excellent ball skills, prototype, tight of move tight end. Um, he's physical enough and has the growth potential to be an effective blocker, but he uh, already has a thick build. He can create after the catch. I think that's a real special player that if he comes out, uh, he's my top-ranked tight end and a guy that, that should be a top-50 pick I mean, based on what he has, the upside. And then this O.J. Howard is just a big, rocked-up, overgrown hulk. He runs like a deer. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he's been drastically underutilized uh, in <laughs> – well, I don't know what Lane Kiffin does. He just throws to one receiver exclusively, especially when Amari Cooper's playing so well. But with Cooper gone, uh, I think Howard should have a full plate uh, of targets this, this year, should emerge as the top-eligible tight end. I mean, it just – what a specimen. I love the way he runs. There's something uncanny like uh, the way Jerry Rice ran. You can never see his helmet move. It was so stable, such great form as a sprinter. And uh, this Howard, he runs like a wide receiver, but he is 
he's going to be a tight end, and you want to talk about a guy who can put on a lot of pounds and, and does not look to lose any speed. Uh, he's just a freakish athlete, and I think even if he doesn't have a big season, he's still, based on uh, that athleticism, warrants a look in the top 50 because of what he could do. And, yeah, I just think shame right. on Lane Kiffin for not throwing this kid the ball. Yeah, well, you know, uh, we'll see. You know, he has a chance to build up here uh, this upcoming season. But, yeah, you're right. Um, a guy just from a physical standpoint, like you said, I don't care what his production is. I mean, uh, at six foot six, 242 pounds, this kid, like you said, rocked up, chiseled frame, and he's going to run a faster 40-yard dash than half the wide receivers at the combine. So, you know, that, that's going to warrant – uh, an early, early draft consideration grade. And you talk about Bucky Hodges, you say top few, I say first round. And I think, you know, we saw Max Williams, right? Red, red shirt sophomore this past year, declare early for the draft. We we might be seeing a new trend here with the tight end position. Um, and a couple other uh, underclassmen is, uh, you know, Hunter Henry from Arkansas. You know, they're known for their, their ground and pound attack. Great running game there at Arkansas. But look out for Hunter Henry, uh, another junior here who could possibly declare. And, of course, those Stanford tight ends always uh, look always seems to be a prospect, tight end prospect coming out of Stanford. And Austin Hooper seems to be the next guy in line there. Uh, Evan Ingram, another guy from Mississippi representing the SEC Conference. Uh, so a couple other underclassmen inside our top 10 rankings. Uh, and, of course, Janu Smith from Florida Atlantic. I mean, here's a guy, I, I think he might have had more receiving yards than any other tight end in the nation last year, if I'm correct. So uh, Janu Smith out of FAU, definitely a guy worth monitoring and keeping an eye on. And talk about these big, tall, athletic tight ends, six foot three. 230 pounds probably has to bulk up a little bit, but uh, he's still a junior, so can easily add 10, 15 pounds easily to that frame. Uh, So a couple other underclassmen there that I wanted to touch base on. Uh, Anybody else on your radar, Joe? And uh, next we'll talk about a couple of sophomores maybe uh, that are not draft eligible. Uh the one I just double touch on Austin Hooper really like him led the pack 12 in receptions by Ted and, and yards and just comes from a huge athletic family He's all Stanford bloodlines uh, even as a younger brother that I think is going to be a major league baseball pitcher so Hooper and it, you mentioned it too this they have a tradition of producing tight ends uh, there in Palo Alto uh, you got to think he's next in line just big ball skills really attacks the ball in the air my ball mentality so yeah I'm a big fan of Hooper and then the, the other one I want to bring up uh, Josiah Price at Michigan State he's just a nifty player soft hands he's got good footwork finds holes in coverage um, he's already scored 10 touchdowns uh, six last year Entering his junior season, I think he's the most experienced pass catcher for the Spartans. Uh, I mean, outside of well, – no, they lost Mumphrey and they lost Lippitt. So, uh, Connor Cook's going to be yeah. relying hard on Josiah Price. So, just I think since he was a true freshman, he stood up, understood the system, and was ready. So, um, the way he understands angles and blocks, I mean, they put him in the backfield too. I think he reminds me a lot of Owen Daniels. So, I'm uh, watching Josiah Price, a true junior for the Spartans. 
Yeah, and of course, a, a signal caller like Connor Cook uh, could definitely help boost his draft stock this season. Uh, one last guy, and then we'll transition to uh, sophomores, maybe some freshmen, who knows. But uh, watching the Michigan spring game, uh, you know, not not the best at anything, not the most athletic, not the sharpest route runner but can do a little bit of everything well. Jack of all trades, master of none. Jake Butt out of Michigan, Joe. I don't know if you had a chance to see this kid operate at all, but he just finds a way to get it done. And uh, I, I know uh, Ed McCaffrey was a wideout, but he kind of reminds me of easy Ed McCaffrey, the way that he just finds a way to get open, uh, does what's necessary to, you know, to get the job done, whether it's blocking, pass catching, a uh, little bit of H-back type of role. So uh, Jake Butt from Michigan is a guy that I found a little bit intriguing and another one of these guys that I know it's just spring ball, but you, you get an idea for guys that are going to be stepping up, playing key roles. I think Jim Harbaugh and whichever quarterback wins that you know quarterback job for the Wolverines there is going to find uh, that Jake Butt is, is a versatile uh, weapon and and I think he's going to have a, a role there for the Wolverines and maybe even get a look at the next level. Who knows? Maybe he gets drafted in the late rounds, but probably an undrafted free agent that makes a roster next season. And you know, there you have it. Three hundred and twenty-two days away from the draft. We're calling that prediction right now. So put that in the books. Joe Everett, Rick Saratella, NUCSports.com. Check out the NUC NFL section of the site until we get. The new landing page, ready to go, ripping and roaring, uh, membership access coming soon. Of course, plenty of good opportunities. Get on board, RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. Going to talk a little bit about sophomores and then uh, dive into some fullback talk. But, uh, you know, the one thing that we've kept preaching in some previous shows is the University of Tennessee, Joe, just has such a young talented team on the uprise and you know maybe 2016 or I'm sorry 2015 is not their year to kind of take that giant step forward and compete for a national championship but I would say that uh two years from now that this team is built uh to restore that pride there in Tennessee and be a a, a national powerhouse contender once again and another one of these young, talented guys had a great true freshman season last year and could could emerge. You talk about Bucky Hodges. This kid could emerge as maybe the second-best tight end in the nation by the time the end of the season is all said and done. Ethan Wolf from Tennessee, this kid is just a, another volunteer prospect. And uh, I don't know what you know or, or have any information on it, but uh, here here's a kid here that I think is, you know, after Bucky Hodges, when you talk about upside, I think this kid has the greatest ceiling. You love the offense he comes out of and yeah, highly athletic. Um, it really is a nice group of sophomores here. That's um, dependent on what happens. But uh, I, I think the way he can body out, wall people off. He's got a little basketball in his game. I don't know if he's uh, has prowess in that sport, but clearly knows how to box out. I would not be surprised if he's a phenomenal rebounder with those instincts he's got. But, yeah, big fan of Ethan Wolf. But the other basketball guy I like down your board, Rick, uh, Jordan Fuchs, Indiana, that true sophomore. Um, 
We haven't seen much stats-wise, but uh, another basketball off-round has scholarship offers from Iowa State, SMU, and Florida. Uh, He's got a little Jimmy Graham in his game, but he has flashed a little bit. His first catch actually went for a 12-yard touchdown. Uh, Could be poised for a big season. It's just, you know, Indiana was a (laughs) run-heavy attack based on Tevin Coleman. Things should change this year. Hopefully they get uh, Nate Subfeld back to – get the ball out faster. So uh, if Jordan Fuchs is done with the Hoosiers basketball team, I guess he joined them last year. But he's he's a guy, a, a true sophomore, that should have uh, a big year ahead. Yeah, you talk about athleticism-wise uh, and size-wise, you know, you talk about looking, you know, playing the tight end position and looking like a wide receiver. He's got a long ways to go in terms of getting his uh, – skill set there, but just the athleticism of a Jordan Fuchs could be compared to uh, Savannah State tight end uh, Shannon Sharp, right? Uh, Similar kind of size, uh, athleticism, uh, and that basketball background. I mean, I think, you know, every year there's a guy, you know, a handful of guys that come out of nowhere that (laughs) rise up the draft, but we're talking about the, the, the thin crop of tight end prospects. I mean, here's a here's a guy, and especially you got Sudfeld, Nate Sudfeld throwing to him, who is on the NFL radar, too. So here's a kid that could pretty much skyrocket. Uh, sky's the limit for him in terms of uh, tapping into that potential. Uh, if the Hoosiers can, you know, find a way to maximize that, uh, I, I think this kid is uh, as, as talented as t- any tight end on the board. Oh, yeah, I'm, you know, the Indiana should feel fortunate to just steal him from UConn and Rutgers. I believe he had a, a letter out to Rutgers, so <laughs> glad to keep him in Indiana. Yeah, thanks for throwing that in uh, the Jersey guy's face <laughs> and a couple other guys here. Uh, Jeb Blazevich from Georgia, uh, another sophomore to keep an eye on. Uh, Jake Rowe from Boise State, sophomore worth watching. And how about uh, your boy at UCF, University of Central Florida, Jordan Aikens, uh, sophomore status, but kind of up there in dog years, Joe. What can you tell us about Jordan Aikens? Well, he did his Major League Baseball tryouts and basically had his true freshman season last year at, I believe, 26 or 27 years old he is right now. I mean, like you said, long in the tooth, but skills are evident. This kid's just a gamer, uh, shows up, obviously, you know, got the football background in his past, but how able he was to quickly recall that. Jordan Akins is an impressive kid, and you know the maturity level's up there with the, with the guy like that as far as coachability, buying into the team game concept. Is he all in? There's no doubt about Akins, so that's a uh, you have to keep your you know ear to the ground on this kid just because of what he can do and UCF doesn't have a lot of weapons so that's that's a guy that's going to be involved in that offense but um, I've got one star I rarely talk about true freshmen but uh, I'm pretty fired yeah. up you know I'm a Notre Dame honk Rick uh, Alizé mm-hmm. Jones I'm not not so much oh, yeah. ga- uh, name uh, Alizé <laughs> Yep. The Las yeah. Vegas connection we have with that uh, school, he's he could make an immediate impact. I mean, Notre Dame is tight end you, but 
Jones is a real field stretcher. This is a six foot four, six foot five kind of kid who could run a four six forty. He's uh, consensusly the top tight end out of high school, but. One thing is just he looks so legit when he runs as well. It's just got that long speed, and new quarterback coming in, Malik Zaire, could develop a rapport with this unique talent. I mean, there's nothing guaranteed. I mean, he's got to have a strong offseason coming into it. But, boy, this is this looks to be one of the best talents we've had at tight end in uh, quite some time. And sorry, Kyle Rudolph, if you're listening. But, uh, boy, and Tyler Eifert. I think Alizé Jones could be better than all of them. Well, I want to follow up on the point that you just made, Joe, but we are a minute and 20 seconds until our live feed gets cut off. So I just want to remind the listeners at home, if you're if you're tuned in live right now, the entire archive of the show will be available uh, in about a half hour from now. We're going to go for another about 15 minutes or so. We're going to get cut off on the live stream, uh, but you can, you know, tune back in. NUC Sports or Blog Talk Radio, catch the whole show, or you can even call in 347-945-6275. You can even call in and listen to the show that way, too, or get a draft question in while you're at it. So 347-945-6275. If you want to get on board, we're wrapping up the tight end talk right now with Joe Everett, Rick Saratella, 322 days away from the 2016 NFL draft. And you mentioned Alizé Jones and Joe had a chance to see him a little bit out when, uh, during my time in Vegas and playing for the Bishop Gorman powerhouse high school out there, Tony Sanchez program, uh, Tony Sanchez getting hired by UNLV take over that program. And you're right. Here's a kid that can make an instant impact and be a stud from day one on the Notre Dame campus. Now, uh, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit fullbacks now, and we're going to rewind and, and go into that portion since we did the running backs and uh, the tight ends. You know, fullbacks tend to get lost in the mix, and, you know, we're talking about tight ends. We're transitioning into fullbacks, and, you know, you got guys like a Jalen Samuels from North Carolina State. We were just talking about tight ends. And he's a sophomore. He's listed as a tight end, but he's only five foot ten, two thirty five. So he's been lined up as a running back, a fullback, an H back, even wide receiver. Uh, listed as a tight end, Jalen Samuels, probably a fullback at the next level. Uh, but here's a guy uh, who would be considered a tweener, and is is definitely a, a little weapon. Uh, that can be used in a variety of ways, and, and whether that translates to the NFL, we shall see. But I wanted to throw that name out there because it's a perfect transitional name to use as we go from tight ends into fullbacks. Jalen Samuels from North Carolina State is one of those guys. And, you know, when we switch over to the fullback position, Joe, you're going to see a, a couple of guys like that. And one is a senior prospect out of Memphis, Alan Cross. Uh, a guy that you know, six foot one, two forty five, has played some tight end and H back, but uh, probably a little bit undersized to play tight end. So we have him in our fullback rankings. Uh, he is a senior from Memphis, but uh, a lot of these fullbacks have a hard uh, way finding themselves a role at the next level. It's the reason why you know you only see a handful of fullbacks selected every year. Joe, and they are somewhat of a dying breed, 
you know, the fewer and fewer teams at the next level, youthful bats. With that being said, uh, let's take a look at the big board and we can, uh, we can just uh, talk about all the draft eligible players, seniors, juniors, uh, red shirt, sophomores, if there are any out there and we'll save some of the uh, true sophomores. And if there's any freshmen for, the end of the show, but uh, how about the draft eligible tight end prospects? How is the top of that big board uh, shaking out to you, Joe? Well, it's uh, shaking out with the bloodlines again. You know, I love those bloodlines. Mm. So I've also oh, got yeah. Derek Watt, the Wisconsin fullback, is my top rated tight end. And then Glenn Gronkowski, I don't have to remind anyone of the Gronkowski name, but. Uh, Watts basically just been a player since day one. Obvious, you know, people give him a leg up there uh, as a Padger since, you know, you are the brother of JJ. But this kid can play. It's clearly in the family. These pickup games in the Watt household must have been pretty violent because this guy attacks. He's a striker. And sure, um, maybe not drafted high, as you mentioned, the fullback stock. But you want someone who is going to inflict pain. I mean, this guy is going to get in there and plug it out. So uh, I think Watt's a good player, and he comes from a good system, so understands the angles. That's uh, There's a lot to like about Derek Watt and Glenn Gronkowski. I mean, that's what the Gronkowskis do is block. <laughs> we block and sometimes we catch. Oh, unless it's Tony Romo. Uh, I forget the one Gronkowski that left Romo hanging out to drive. But outside of that, <laughs> this family's good at pass protection. So, I mean, th- those two have got to be the tops uh, in the books right there. I'm pretty excited about Watt. I definitely think he gets drafted. Uh, solid day three commodity. Yeah, I mean, these are actually some fullbacks to be excited about. And, you know, I don't think anybody's going to question the intensity of Watt or Gronkowski. And um, I think it's great that there's another Watt coming out. And, you know, the Gronkowskis have uh, blessed us with uh, a few Gronks to hit the NFL scene now. So uh, the Kansas State product, uh, he's actually a junior. So he has two years of eligibility. And uh, there's also another guy with some bloodlines, Prescott Line. Uh, of course, his brother, Zach, at the same school, SMU. Uh, you know, kind of that dual role, running back, fullback type of guy that, you know, unfortunately, tweener at the next level, good college football player. But you have to question uh, whether or not he he has the skill set to suit a 53-man roster. Now, talk about the senior draft class over at USC. Soma Vanuko uh, getting a lot of uh, preseason hype. Uh, there's uh, another kid from Georgia, Quavon Hicks, uh, getting another uh, a lot of hype uh, coming into the year. And uh, in terms of seniors, there's a there's one school that I think is on the uptick, a small school that down in the D.C. area is, is going to be putting out a couple of prospects in the pros over the next few years. Look for Towson. Towson Tigers, I believe, is, is their mascot. But uh, Emmanuel Holder, um, a name to watch, a guy worth monitoring, a big 250-plus pound bulldozing fullback out of Towson. And I'm telling you guys, uh, you know, comb through that roster and you're going to see a handful of NFL 
prospects. So I'm looking forward to uh, that program, like I said, on the uptick, not just as a successful college football program, but also in terms of uh, producing some NFL caliber type of talent. And uh, we'll open up the floor to all tight ends, all uh, draft classes, all years eligible, Joe, for any other guys you want to cover here with the uh, fullback uh, prospect rating. Well, I was glad just to rehash it. I'm glad you brought up Alan Cross from Memphis. That guy's a leader and a captain, uh, just a big-time team motivator. So I think that's guy, he's going to get NFL evaluators thinking, maybe late rounds, priority free agent. But he just smells like a guy who's going to make a roster. Um, and then one guy I just want to touch on, uh, technically a bloodline, he's Shane Scobb's little brother, Patrick Scobb, the fullback at Stanford. Uh, not a lot of stats, but he's doing his job. To- totally guys bought into the system. Uh, I think Pat's got four touchdowns uh, last year, but should have another big role, uh, senior entering this season, and that's a guy, you know, team player, team first. Uh, I think Scobb will get a look. It's just not – Clearly, it just doesn't have a, a ton of athletic ability, but you really like the intensity he brings. I mean, just like his big brother, these guys are just madmen on the field. And just to uh, wrap up some of the fullback ratings here on the big board, some guys we have not yet mentioned. Dan Vitale, Vitale from Northwestern, definitely a guy junior worth uh, monitoring on the radar. Cody Clay from West Virginia. I don't know if we had a chance to mention him yet, but he falls under that senior draft class category and uh let's see who else do we want to touch base on you know there's a kid i saw you know i don't want to get too excited about spring games but he's actually a freshman chandler cox from auburn uh running back slash h back he he's uh he's actually lining up as fullback right now he's only 200 and five pounds, Joe, but he is a freshman. I, I imagine he's going to try to bulk up a little bit there, but uh, interesting cat can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, so a guy worth, you know, watching his progress, uh, a freshman, you can watch how he progresses over the next couple of years. And of course, here in uh, my backyard, Rutgers, Michael Burton being selected in the fifth round by the Detroit Lions, a uh, big void left for the Scarlet Knights team captain and uh who's going to step up into his role uh is a sophomore devon carter so uh devon carter rutgers another guy you know just a sophomore only 215 pounds but you know remember rutgers likes to keep their fullbacks light uh burton was on on a strict weight watch you know i don't think he was allowed to play above 232 i think was the max they would allow him to play at so uh you know, he went into the NFL at 252, so he gained 20 pounds alone uh, just during the pre-draft process in a four- or five-month span. So, you know, you see some of these fullbacks, 215, sophomore, two, uh, remember these are developing bodies. These kids can still add a lot of bulk over the years, and, you know, there, there's uh, there's there's definitely growth spurts in college football, and, you know, I hate to tell you, but uh, – Guys can naturally add on 20, 25 pounds of bulk from one year to the next just uh, by eating properly and getting with the, the right kind of weight training regimen. So uh, it is is possible, and that's what happens. And uh, hopefully you learned something here on this show, and, and we gave you some good insight. This is how we do it here. 
on the NUC NFL uh, Draft Bible radio show, breaking down all the prospects. Any other guys, uh, tight ends, fullbacks, anything you want to touch upon, Joe, uh, before we wrap it up? Uh, one more guy to throw into the fray, always. Uh, no stone unturned. Uh, Devin Johnson from Marshall. Big uh, Devin Rockhead Johnson, I believe, uh, 17 touchdowns last year. He's a huge running back, but probably going to translate to fullback at the next level. Just a big six one, almost 250. But this guy ran for 1,700 yards. Uh, just heart and soul type of player. Will run his guts out. Uh, this this guy, you look for him, uh, you could see a fan base embracing him and a short yardage specialist, but also knows how to block, has the size. Uh, who knows, Devin Johnson could be that uh, A-train Mike Allstott of the future. Thunder and herd, he certainly comes from the right school. Very interesting, and I think the last running back prospect out of Marshall was uh, Ahmad Bradshaw who the Giants took in the seventh round, and we all know what happened from there. So, again, follow us on Twitter, at NFL Draft Bible. We'll post the next podcast show air date. Me and Joe will collaborate, get together next week, hit you with the offensive line as we work our way through the offensive prospects here. And uh, we're just breaking it down for the people. This is what we do. Hopefully you're enjoying your summer. Uh, the heat is coming where I am. Uh, hopefully it's uh, right around the corner for you as well. And again, uh, we are partnering with NUCSports.com. We're going to have a lot of updates there. Be on the lookout for those. If you want to get involved, you want to get involved with sponsorships, you want to get involved with possibly contributing, uh, we're open right now because we are expanding and expanding rapidly very quickly and fast. A lot of good opportunities here. RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. So much great content over at the website. I, I, I wish I could do a whole show uh, just telling you about all the great content over on the website right now. So check it out if you get a chance. We appreciate your support. Of course, we are nothing without you, the people. So uh, we just appreciate that folks like you care about what folks like us have to say. And uh, we're going to wrap it up here. So a uh, parting shot from Mr. Joe Everett, and uh, we're going to hit the road, Jack. Hey, right on, cranking to the O-lineman. But once again, this is the best part of the summer. It's just getting ready for college football. We're laying it out so you all can play it out. And there you have it. And, of course, we'll be posting our NFL Draft Bible big board on the NUCSports.com website. Another reason why you should log on and check it out for Joe Everett. I am Rick Saratella. Be on the lookout for our next podcast. Of course, you can catch us on iTunes as well. I want to thank MyFantasyLeague.com as well. We're out of here. Till the next time, everybody. <laughs>